G'day, it is the coach here, and I am a slave to you, but more importantly, that's a nice Britney Spears reference there. I'm going to talk Slaves to Darkness. It is a first look at really how you're all operating in third edition. And, you know, I've got um, Wargamer Online's Luke, who is not only like a super interesting character, but also someone who is very knowledgeable. Obviously, I've referred to uh, Wargamer Online, um, a great channel that I've been following for a long time. I know you all discuss some great stuff with like JP and and the crew, but I know you're also a longtime Slaves player. And it's actually really good timing that, we, that we've set this discussion up because White Dwarf has given you blessings. And that is a whole bunch of new rules. And we'll talk about the White Dwarf rules, we'll talk about slaves, we'll look at Luke's list, but really this is just a first look at how you're thinking about third edition, and this will evolve with time and practice and tournaments and meta updates, but, you know, where are you at with such such a big book? But before we get into, like, the meat and the potatoes of the show, do you want to have a, a, a say hello and I guess this is your debut, so let people know who you are and why they want to subscribe to Wargamer Online. Uh, so I'm I'm Luke Morton and um, I'm really in that I'm known for playing lots of tournaments back in like fantasy days and uh, I did play like Warriors of Chaos, which is kind of what Slaves of Darkness is now back then, and Demons of Chaos. Um, but yeah, we are part of a channel now called Wargamer Online, and we go through like Meta Breakers stuff. We're gonna we're gonna run like a Meta Breakers rankings just to give people another way of getting into a different kind of masters which will run next year um so they can take the weaker armies and and just try and push that uh, meta breaker stuff and then we do battle reports and i'll get a i'll get us set up eventually so they'll be like we'll try and release more battle reports do a, like a competitive one and then jack and phil do do their great battle reports They're good to watch so yeah that's no, it. and I'm super jealous because you're you're all playing tournaments in the UK. Uh, I won't go into my my lockdown sob story. It's week twelve. I've just finished week twelve of lockdown. I am prison hard. I'm ready to uh, to get my 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 free my break free of the of prison and and reform back into normality. But slaves is not one of the weak armies. I was looking at some of the tournament results. You know, really since third edition, especially like the first month, like everyone's just trying to kind of work out what the hell's going on. But I looked at the last like month or six weeks of tournaments and there's actually been really good and strong slaves performance and not necessarily all this one single list. Like when you hear Daughters of Cain, everyone knows that's either Marathi Bow Snakes or Marathi Gotrek Bow Snakes, you know, but slaves is not that way. You've got more than just one build. So, you know, like let's let's start off. What got you to slaves and how are you feeling right now in 3E? So... I've got to shout out one of my mates called Simon um, Simon uh, Weekly. He um, he played the Demon Prince list with lots of demon, corn Demon Princes when we were going through COVID, um, and we played a lot of TTS. Uh, so I kind of I kind of picked up that list and made it my own, and then delved really deep into Slaves at that point. So I, I'm mainly known for Deakin in Age of Sigma. So. But when COVID come around, I just changed my armies around, played a lot of Nighthaunt and Slaves to Darkness in the background. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it's just such a flexible way. When I deep dived into the book, it's just, you can write so many lists and there's so many options. A bit like cities, really. You can just go all sorts of What's directions. So. 
Which is which is both a strength and a curse, right? Like if I'm a new player, and I guess this is part of the conversation, is that if I'm a new player or someone who's picking up third edition and going, right, I want to do well at a tournament. I might not want to go 5-0, and oh, but I definitely want to try to win more than I lose. Where do I start? Because I've got slaves. I've got Wrath of the Everchosen. I've got access to like all of, all of the chaos gods in some capacity. You know, there's just so much options available that I know when I do Cities of Sigma, it can get to analysis paralysis. You know, what's better, a handgunner or a Sisters of the Watch? Is it handgunner or is it, you know, um, Iron Drakes? And you get caught up and then the fundamentals of your list change. You go, right, well, I was building up this particular list, but now because I've brought in Sisters of the Watch, I now need to bring in a Nomad Prince. And and, and Slave Seductus is almost, you know, very similar that you go down one path and you're like, right, now I want this, and now I'm building other synergies, and then like you can go in this constant loop of trying to find the best outcome, and I know that's off-putting for some players. Obviously, top-level players, they love it. But I want to get really from you and get your understanding of like how do you build a slaves list? You know, what is looking good right now, and what are some of those things that are fundamentally in your list? And a lot of people are talking about, you know, the big, bad Archaon, you know, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but like, you know, do we, do I need to bring RK on? Do I, can I leave him at home? Like how bad am I going to be if I don't take the big bad? But how have you found them in 3E? Let's just start right at the top. How have you found them in 3E? So this is just for general, this is not even for slaves. In general, when I pick an army up, I'll find a list that's been doing, if you want to be competitive, I'll find a list that's been doing well. And then I'll use that and slowly adapt and add to fit how I play. So that's just how I would pick any book up. So that's how I, I would suggest anybody, if they want to play any kind of army, find find and you want to be competitive, find a list that's doing well, play play around with it, and then you probably you might you might completely strip the whole list out, but it just gets you playing with that army and knowing knowing all the synergies, what all the rules do, and you. And just adding in, just slowly keep adding in these different war scrolls, and just seeing how it fits your playstyle. Because the great thing about Age of Sigmar three and Fantasy, it always was how you played. It's that's it's just you kind of slowly adapted how you wanted to play the game, so your list eventually becomes your own. It's, even when people try to pick up a, a random list to go to a tournament um that's been doing well they don't they, they probably won't do that very, very well with it if they don't if they're not played with it and made, made it their own uh but with slaves i so with with simon he was using this um this con con despoilers list with loads of demon princes and i thought well yeah that looks really fun so i i, I picked it up and uh, started using it and then chopping and changing and uh, I just like the way that I played it. A lot, lots of MSU, all these demon princes flying around. If you go like in the just the spoilers rules, demon princes can turn terrain off, so it's just very good uh, against shooting. You can like block line of sight with that rule, and it just allows you to play the whole every mission. You could, you're in it, you're in it to win it with it with that that kind of list. Um, so you don't, you definitely don't need Archeon. Um, I don't really rate Archeon. He's doing well. He's won a couple of tournaments, or he's come. He's he's won a lot with Zinch Archeon, but even the um, Zinch Archeonian slaves. Uh, he's doing. He's, he's an obvious choice because he just benefits the role so well now in Age of Sigmar Three. 
Um, yeah, Archeon, just, you know, for anyone who doesn't know yet, because they haven't played with the big bad, right? You know, he is a super durable hero. He's going to gain access to heroic actions. He's going to get access to monstrous rampages. And the War Scroll is so thick that there are so many amazing abilities. And, you know, from the being able to heal, being able to bring in um, a bit of Zinch action and being able to, you know, there's, there's so many combinations out there. But it's interesting that you've mentioned, and here's he like a thousand points, right? So if you're playing in a traditional 2000 point game, he's essentially half of your list. So, to, and, and obviously he's going really well, right? So he's going really well. Well, let's acknowledge that. You mentioned earlier, though, that you you don't take him or you don't rate him. Um, not that you don't rate him, but I'm sure you've got other choices as opposed to his trash. Talk to me about the Archeon stuff and um, what what you're thinking is right now with the big bad. Well, I think, um, I think if you learn just to ignore him, play the mission and build your... I always build a list that can try and play everything. You can never have... A list that has a good matchup against everybody. That's just not how it. It's not how it is. But I always, I try, always try to have screens in my list, cheap units, just to feed these big heroes or screen off. And he's on a big base, so if you use terrain and units, you can really limit how what he does. So I think when people really try to just learn how to complete, you can't. He's still going to go in and he's still going to kill things. You can't stop that from happening. But if you get it in your mind, just I can't kill him. I can't do anything to him. I can outscore him because I can get more bodies in him on objectives. And I can try and tie him up, use terrain and uh, chaff units, or even even sacrificing a unit in a point in the game where it allows you to get more points yeah, or anything like that. Just learn how to kill his army. Like, like you said, he's like 830 points. You you focus on killing the rest of the army and you you will win the game. Um, I, I did it. Uh, with Nighthaunt on uh, TTS Live when he was a big bad in AOS 2, I just ignored him and killed his army. And um, and that he's just one model. He doesn't die, and he's, he's going around. But he, if you are if you place your units well, don't block it, don't bunch them up together so you can kill multiple units, he should only be really killing one unit at a time. And um, he won't get his value if, you, if you're smart of how you play against him. I mean, sometimes you'll play a mission where you can't avoid the amount of damage that he can do to you but don't throw your big if you've got a big hero don't throw him don't let him get anywhere near him so he can just go get in the sword or but just got to be smart against Archeon I think as people if he become if he becomes this menace that he is right now and people adapt and learn how to play like that they will they'll probably they will I think he'll start dropping off um no. yeah yeah, and, and, you know, like, let me acknowledge that Archeon is doing really well. You know, competitively, he's in some really good lists, and he is doing really well. So we were talking earlier before we kicked off on the show, and, you know, one of the things that we I had asked Luke is, is do you think he's an auto-include? Because everyone's talking about, you know, Marathi, Archeon, Mega Gargans, like these, these top five, you know, units that people are just scared of right now and they don't know how to handle. And if I was a Slaves to Darkness player, I would be probably listening to all these talking heads like me, like so many other internet people who are talking about lists and stuff. And because Archeon is featuring in so many and no one's talking about not taking Archeon, that I guess the reason we I wanted to bring that up was 
do I need to take him? And I think the answer is no, you can still do really well. And we're going to show you one of the examples of using Knights to the Empty Throne as an example of where you can really make the most of not taking Archaeon. But at the same time, if you want to take him, absolutely, he's a powerhouse. He's going to, you know, Slayer of Kings and take off, um, take off super bad heroes. Um, he's going to auto delete. You know, he's going to terrify. He's going to, you know, he's a distraction kind of fix where people are just going to focus everything to try to take it down. And then the rest of your army does their thing. But to what Luke's also said, a smart player will go and take out those objective scoring units, the, the chaos, you know, cultists, the marauders, the warriors, the knights, uh, the demons, whatever it might be. And then only Archeon scoring once. It's just him kind of scoring while you've dominated the rest of the board and the objectives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's uh, you definitely have to practice and uh, learn how to play against him. If you're gonna, if this, if, if we're speaking tournaments here, if you want to do well, um, I mean, he's obviously an obvious choice as well because Mega Gargants are giving you that DPS check right now where you have to, if you don't kill them fast enough, you're just gonna lose. Um, and then you've got like, and you can't auto, you can't auto slay a Mega as well, so it's just D6 mortals. No, but he, yeah, the, him in the army does give you some some kind of damage. Uh, like with that, um, yeah. Dave Kerr had a the spoilers the spoilers list with him and Bellacor in, but there's a there's a blade in there that gives you uh, your whole army reroll hits and wounds against like a hero or a monster. So that's that's really useful against those kind of um, those kind of lists to, just to give you that yeah. damage that you might not have. Yeah, and, and definitely, you know, Shannon, maybe they've just joined us on the, on the chat, but, you know, does it mean that you've just got to have Archeon and then build around Archeon and that's that slaves the darkness? And the answer is no. Um, there are still really viable options available in the army. And, and as you've mentioned, you know, there's been Archeon and Bellacore. We've seen Archeon and Kairos. We've seen Archeon and Chaos Sorcerer Lord. But then we've also seen other ones building around other parts of the book. So uh, I don't necessarily think to be competitive, you've got a hand you've got to have him and i guess the, the the thing that i worry about right now as someone who's focused on archaeon and i'm sure and i guarantee you this is not the archaeon show we'll we'll stop talking about him in a minute but cruel boys are coming into play and i can see nine of those were they beast the beast bolts or the beast bows um those are going to be in cruel boys and they can do up to 12 damage per shot doing mortals on a five in addition to all this crazy stuff I can see they're going to keep some of these big monster heroes pretty honest. I don't know if you've had experience yet. I know they're only just kind of coming out now, but um, I already, I'm already seeing some success with the big yellers getting extra three inches, and they're just going to pop monsters and pop monster heroes. So um, he I might be kind of brought into line a little bit. I don't think they'll kill Archeon. It's just with the markers each. Nine of them. Nine, nine of them. Yeah, but he's always re-rolling his save, so you can easily get him on a two-up ethereal re-rolling one save. He's never going to die. I, I just never ever try and kill Archeon because he's just not going to die with the markers. They do more. They do mortals on a five if you if you if you use the encrusted weapon. So I'm I'm not ready but to he write it off four, just he yet. Four up and he heals. I mean, yeah. in the spoilers, Dave Kerr's list, he could probably he can heal like five d three in a battle round. It's not worth even trying to. It's just you'll waste so much resource trying to kill this guy. It's just you'll lose the game. <laughs> I just love that you just told me that you wouldn't bring him and like you don't quite raid him, but now you yeah. just tell me he's under un, undestructible to the to the, the um the cruel boy bolt. So all right, you're well, kind of eating your own dog food here, Luke. He's a model right now that you just can't kill. 
And if you're if you're if you're a good player using Archeon, you know he's he's just he has to. The problem is Archeon. He has to go and get those kills. He has to get his points back. So he, he has to be bombing up the board. So you can use that to your advantage if you yeah. use board control yeah. with like I was saying before. You can take out some real big threats. But look, I'm gonna park, I'm gonna park the big bad to the side because this is the slave show. This is not necessarily the Archeon show. And he's already proven to be good. So let's park him to the yeah. side. Let's talk other slave stuff. Like how are you finding maybe I'll ask you a couple of like three E questions because we've had a whole bunch of different things that have happened in three E. We've had coherency, battle table sizes, battle tactics, grand strategies, reinforcements. Let's start at the top. How have you found coherency coming into play with um with with slaves so it is not really affected how the knights were because you normally ran them in fives uh it's not really affected marauders because they're on 25 mil bases however it has affected knights with the empty throne um they even the unit of six you have to lose one for them not to care about adherency anymore uh, so you have to be a bit clever with how you move them around the board and where you allocate your wounds and stuff for that for that for that unit because they used to come in nines like i, I used to see a lot of uh yeah, like, the empty thrones and you take the general and it's nine wounds and it's like 30 odd wounds and then you'd yeah. laugh because archeon was slayer of kings the whole unit um but you can't do that now you can only take a maximum size of six because you can't you can only double reinforce battle line and you're sacrificing it to be the general so yeah you, you could take him in a nine in um the um six circle list but yeah you, you wouldn't because you just there's no points anywhere else yeah um, but yeah here sees problem for the knights the empty throne in that cut a little bit you do probably lose one early on and then you're back to just running around the board and conga lining however you with you like you would with your knights um probably affects the warriors as well but you kind of just want to bunch them up anyway uh because they, they they've got a lot better now than they were in two because just of how safe stacking works and they went up didn't they go up to minimum unit sizes now of 10 when they used to be five in 2e yeah so you can now have a block of 30 60 wounds with a three up slavery rolling ones because of markers each <laughs> Wow. I, I was going the other way. I was going the other way. Like, oh man, you can't take those cheap five, five wound chaos, uh, chaos warriors. Like I know I was talking to Russ Veal at the end of two E and he's like, you know, like let's get three units of cheap battle line through chaos warriors. And then just like all the keepers of secrets and all the heroes to, to like boost up Slanesh. But now it's the opposite. You're like, well, I've now got big blocks of chaos warriors, but, and because they're battle line, I can now go up to 30 with the double reinforcement where if they kept the old rules, you could only go up to 15 if they kept yeah. the, the size of five. You know what is cheap, though, about aligning slaves now? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> yes. That, that, oh, sorry. I thought, I thought you were making a statement. That was a question. And you asked, yes, the answer is, um, yeah, talk to me about that, that change because I think that is going to change the game a little bit. So cultists have now accessed a little bit of battle line. Yeah, so they can have the mark of your general as well. Uh, that will change every single slow startness list that's competitive because it allows you to squeeze points out of battle line, minimum battle. If you went the minimum battle line route, it allows you to squeeze those points out and put it into maybe getting another war shrine, a corn demon prince that you maybe couldn't fit in before, which we'll see in one of my uh, lists later. Um, yeah, it's 
And it's just the fact that Iron Golems, with the markers each, are 75 points and they're a free up save, re-rolling once. So you got to kind of send something big to go kill them. So, um, and, where, and, where, and where did that change come from, by the way, just for people who might have missed that? So when did our cultists become battle line? So that's that, that, the White Dwarf the white dwarf update. Um, Bingo. So this <laughs> month's White Dwarf, I think, is literally hitting the shelves if you've avoided the leaks. I think it's literally hitting the shelves today. You have access to a new grain strategy, so we'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, specifically, Slaves to Darkness have their own uh, grain strategy that they can choose instead of whatever one's available in your battle pack. You've got access to two uh, battle tactics that you could use in addition to the ones, again, in the General's Handbook. And then you've also gained three core battalions, I think it was. You've got three options, as well as the, the cultist stuff. Yeah, I didn't mean, I've not really seen, I just saw that you could have cultists as battle line and then I didn't need to see anything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, hilarious. Has, um, has the table, has the table size changed the way that you've, you're playing the game now? I know, I know one, the one that I noticed really quickly was the aura of the demon prince, the corn demon prince, um, it's a lot harder to avoid that now. I know in in second edition I could kind of avoid it, but now you put that smack in the smack in the tape in the middle of the table, and it's almost near impossible to get out of that aura. Yeah, he's just uh, he just went up massively. Uh, Age of Sigmar three, uh, Gotrek uh, is a problem for like the like mid table kind of places, and he just shuts Gotrek down completely. Um. So yeah, he's a massive winner with the Corn Demon Prince and that. And in the spoilers, you get your Mark Aura as well, eighteen inches. So you can get your General's benefit pretty much anywhere on the board as well. And it's buffed the War Shrines as well because they had like a Holy with an eighteen. They have a Holy with an eighteen-inch prayer. So it kind of helps helps with that as well. Now the board's smaller. You can before you really had to measure to make sure you were still in. Ready for the next turn to do your free plus prayer on the war shrine. That's another. We've well, also uh, got access to yeah. You got new prayers. You got curse. You got heal. You've got like there's a whole bunch of extra things you've kind of added to your into your list. Yeah, the heal the heal prayer. If you go in big guys is uh, amazing on the war shrine. If you need to, to heal someone up quickly. Um, yeah, he's a big winner. He's a totem as well, so he can issue commands from eighteen inches like a general. Which is massive, like again, 18 inches is very generous in, in third edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so coherency uh, not really affected slaves that much just because the marauders are still on 25 mil and the big blocks of Chaos Warriors, it's kind of easy to keep in coherency. And then the the other, the other, the winner is the Chaos Knights. I'd give them lances now. You used to just have them within source of weapons because it's so easy access to get plus one to hit. I'd definitely just give them lances now, uh, just to try and you do need the damage in slaves, so they give you a nice bit of damage, a bit of burst damage where you need it. And it's Ren, any too unit, well. Ren, Ren doesn't do anything in the game at the moment, so. No, you, you you really. I mean, it does stuff. Like I would, I wouldn't completely write it off. But 
when you start getting up against these uh, heroes that have a two-up or a three-up armor save, you're going against Blood Knights, you're going up against some of these Stormcast units that are going to be on a two-up. Um, you you know, you really notice the difference in having between Rend 1 to Rend 2 to Rend 3. And, you know, probably that's one big change that I've, I've been noticing is that you really need access to good, consistent mortal wounds, especially outside of spell law, because when you start going up against some of these stronger magic casting armies, uh, it is quite hard to get off some of these critical spells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got a great spell law slaves, but uh, there's no reliability in it, so you can't really rely on any of those spells. But if they do go off, it makes a big difference in your games. I think you make a lot of people happy because it's always been a debate. Like, you know, do I go in sorcerer weapons? Go get lances? Everyone would always say, you know, the in sorcerer weapons because it was a bit more consistent. You didn't have to worry about the charge. But I guess as well because the board sizes have changed, it's a, it is a little bit easier to hit the charge compared to you know the distances we used to have. So um, that probably works in our advantage as well. Yeah, yeah. There's not there's not a huge difference in in sword and um, lances for amount of wounds you put through it's just you're more likely to do damage with Ren 2 on the lance all right i'm going to read out to you the uh the match the the, the new white dwarf stuff so you haven't read this yet so i'm going to we're going to get real reactions here from luke we'll get a real honest reaction nothing planned here so the you got one grand strategy that comes out of white dwarf and it's called dominating presence and when the battle ends, you complete the grand strategy. If there is uh, at least one friendly Slaves to Darkness unit, wholly within each large quarter of the battlefield. Thoughts? You'd never take that. Why? Because the general ones are just better. What what ones are you kind of more to, uh, you know focused on? Well, it depends how you feel. Slaves have so many lists, but you could go, uh, if you go wizard heavy, you go cry sorcery, or if you go like the 30 chaos warriors, hold the line, you're always going to get that, the battle line one. Um, even dominating presence, I take in the um, the predator's domain where you capture terrain. I'll take that in that yeah. spoiler list because uh, you're just jumping around trying to turn terrain off and you've got lots of MSU units. I've seen a couple um, of good a couple of good lists as well with double chaos war shrines, so that would probably work well with the pillars of belief. So, um, yeah, like well, I look at that having something in in each quadrant. It's a bit more technical than some of the others, so I'm I probably wouldn't rush to that. It's a bit fun, but well, the problem with that one is against a player that uh, say gets turn five, and uh, and that's the difference for winning. That player only has to then just focus off that one corner. And you're not going to get it. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to deny. You need teleporting, summoning, uh, coming in from reserve. You need those types of units to be able to consistently to be able to do that for all four quadrants. Um, or you just need to hit your opponent so hard that you've kind of wiped them out, and then you just kind of take up the board whenever you want. But you're right. Like the minute, yeah, the minute you start blocking off parts of the board, you, you it's probably an easy one to lose. I mean, Ravengers, Ravengers might be a good one for Ravengers because they can just uh, summon on um, units of cultists or marauders anyway on the board edges. But yeah, if uh, and then it does force the opponent to screen. You only have to screen one quarter off, so it's not actually that hard. As long as you've got like a few battle line units that you keep them back holding your home objectives, you could probably screen that off quite well. 
It probably also works in your favor, though, that, that it spreads your opponent out trying to deny you the grand strategy. You know, they could get caught up. So there's, there's some merit in it. Um, but you've also got two battle tactics. I'll read them out to you. And you let me know, again, honest, real time. You haven't seen these yet. Um, are these ones that you would add into your rotation? So the first one is uh, enthrall to chaos. So you pick one objective on the battlefield that is within 12 inches of any enemy units. You complete the battle tactic if there are no enemy units within 12 of that objective at the end of this turn. Yeah, that's good. Why? Yeah. Because you can just go in and you can go in and take the objective. It's it's like take it, it's like that one where you take the objective back off. Um although you don't get a benefit for doing it with a monster. No, there's no bonus, there's no bonuses this one on with monsters. So if you're gonna do that, you probably do the one. That gives you a bonus with a monster if you do have a monster. But I guess like, it's, it's like a late you can do game. Two of them. Yeah, yeah. It's like or it's a, a late game or mid game kind of battle tactic. You do find sometimes when you know when you're playing the battle tactic game, depending on who your opponent is, you start running out of really good options. So I see this one as like, would I would I sacrifice the one I'm currently doing? No. But does this allow me to do two of the very similar version? Absolutely. So um I definitely see use with that one, uh, Enthrall to Chaos. The other one is Lust for Power. So you pick one friendly slave to darkness hero that he, that has the Eyes of the Gods keyword. You complete the battle tactic if you roll on the Eyes of the God table for that hero during this turn. It's nice. The thing about these is nice to have. I mean, that's very, very situational, but... Say there's a five wound hero that's in your sights, and you've got the Eye of God keyword, and you've got a little smashy hero that's got that keyword, then that's a nice one to get. Um, or yeah. on a few wounds left, and you know you're going to kill the monster with that hero. You just roll on the Eye of the Gods at that point. So it's not, it's not, it's not that bad, but it's there's definitely easier ones in the core. Very situational. It's nice to have, isn't it? You don't need to. You can just do it when it comes up so yeah yeah if you, if you find yourself in that situation i guess for me like and probably one of the things that i thought of immediately is if my opponent let's say you and i are playing together and you're like i'm going to declare this one and i'm going to go for your five wound hero and you've specifically told me which hero you know using the eyes of the gods you're going to use that's a redeploy i go cool you're coming for me i'm going to redeploy and uh, or or you know even redeploy behind a screen if i you know potentially so all of a sudden that then I could deny you that battle tactic, depending again what I'm playing and who I've got and things like that. But um, it is a bit situational. So, you know, I wouldn't immediately use it, but uh, if it comes up and you happen to find yourself with a, you know, a, a bit of a killy hero and you're going to fight something that you think you can take down this particular turn, might be worth adding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can just pick from them, can't you? You don't need to add them to your list no. or anything. So, no, nice your grand strategy. The grand strategy, obviously, you declare before you know you submit your tournament list. But your battle tactic is you know just choosing at the at the start of your hero phase. So you've got your uh, general's handbook ones or your core battalion core book ones, depending on which battle pack you're playing. And then you got an extra two, so you've got two more to choose from. Um, you're not sacrificing anything.
I think it's just made it live at the moment. Um, try and get it sorted. Yeah, all good. I'm back. Sorry. What did you say? I'm sure it was very insightful. I think it's made it live still. <laughs> we're all good. Um, so what were we saying before? Uh, yeah, so we just say this is a very situational, but you, you can use them when you need them. So they're they're nice to have, aren't they? I think the only problem with all these, if they're going to start doing this for every faction, it's just a lot of battle tactics for somebody to learn who wants to do well at a tournament. Yeah, um, it's, it's almost like 40k because 40k you have a lot of um, you know stratagems that are specific to the player's army as opposed to what we're all doing right now, which is mostly just playing with these set eight or six or whatever it is. So. Um, I would expect I would expect that we're going to see this over time, and you don't have to get used to this. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, and then what the uh, is there the two battalions? battalions. The two battalions. Yeah. There are two battalions. All right, you ready for this one? And sorry about that. We we cut out. Maybe my wife is watching Game of Thrones or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no one's watching Game of Thrones anymore. It's it's old news. Um, it's all about the Stormcast. If you're a mother of a dragon right now, but there are two battalions. The first one is the Chaos Warband, and you can either choose to be unified, or you can choose to be Slayer. I think we both know what we would choose. But anyway, um, it is a Slaves to Darkness leader. And then it is four Slaves to Darkness units that are not Alita, Behemoth, or Varangard, and an optional four plus a Behemoth. So you could one you could one drop if you were only going to have one hero. Yeah, or it gives you the uh, if you want to use the battle regiment with that one or two of them ones, go two drops and have lots and lots of units. Because having a, a battle regiment's limited to five, and that's giving you eight, isn't it? It's giving you up to eight. So it'd be one hero plus four up to eight, then an optional behemoth. So probably you're um, obviously not a behemoth leader, just a behemoth. So, you know, great for a Chaos War Shrine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's all right. That's sort of nice to have. Yeah, I, I like that one. The other one, which is probably situational, I think some people would love this. Some people are just going to completely skip it. That's the Overlords of Chaos. So you get three Varangard units as mandatory and then three additional Varangard, which are optional. So you can be either unified or you can take um, experts. So that's the all-out attack or all-out defense for free once per game. So, uh, Well, the issue with Knights nice Empty Throne at the moment is this: you need to send a massive list to your TO to see... What they, how they're going to rule, how they work. Um, so if they rule that the Varan Guard can't go in Warlord or Command Trait, because the problem is they, they in Knights of the Empty Throne, they're five wounds each, but the whole unit is like fifteen or thirty wounds. So people are arguing where they can't can't be a sub commander because they can't. So if that gets ruled against you, then this is an okay. This is an okay one to lower your Varen guard drop. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not it's a nice option to have if the TO, if the TO say that you can't be sub commanders for your Varen guard in nicely empty front. What have you seen so far? I, I don't know if you've, you've kept across the you know the global meta right now, but are you finding people are ruling against them being sub commander or? Because I so guess you'll always, you'll, you'll, always, you'll always be above the, the 10, right? You know, unit of three is what? 
is it 12? So we, we could 15? go... We could go in tonight to the Empty Throne. Next week, next weekend, I'm playing a, a big team tournament called Bloodside. And they, he's ruled that one where the Varen Guard are, they can, they are countless five wounds. Um, and then he's, we'll go, when we go into Knights, yeah, this list, uh, I'll go into what, how he's ruled some stuff and how he, how he's ruled some other things, which could be ruled the other way. It's just, it's what, it's just, you need to get your list out, send it to your TO and see what he, see what he thinks. Um, yeah, it's a bit, a bit, a bit challenging because individually the model is five, but the unit, even at its minimum, would be 15. So that immediately pushes you over into a commander role um, if they're looking at it that way. So I can see that is a bit annoying, a bit confusing, and I guess makes it hard, especially like I, I play Suns. You know, it was really hard before they gave me, you know, specific battalions to get Suns into one of the core battalions because, you know, everything was a, a, was a leader. So, and, and nothing was under, you know, 10 wounds. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, happy now that they're, they've gone up to the S tier bracket with them battalions, I think. Have yeah. you have you have you found any of the um the new command abilities really useful to you, whether it's like redeploy, rally, you know, all out attack, all out defense? Um I'm sure I've forgotten one. Oh, unleash hell. Like have you found any of those have really worked in your in your favor? Uh, markers each and all out defense is amazing. Redeploy and Calm Demon Prince is probably the best ability in the game. Um, so Why? Yeah. Why? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to let you go on that one. Why? <laughs> because I faced it and I hate it as an opponent. I hate it, but it's such a good tactic and it's just super annoying. But, so if you're on a three um, plus, if you're on a three plus on your redeploy, you can't charge. Because Prince. Because. Because the the Corn Demon Prince halves everybody's charge, so you've got to end more than three away. So if you if you roll a three, you go another three back. It then makes it an impossible charge because it's twelve point one or whatever. It, it's too too far to charge. So just it, yeah, and even if you roll a one, it becomes an eight inch charge, a two ten inch charge, and then um and then uh, if you roll a three, it's uh it, well you can make the charge. It's not impossible. You need to roll you need to roll sixes. Yeah, and, and where and where this really comes into play is one of the uh, one of the other big bads is Gotrek, and um, I, you know, a lot of people are taking Gotrek just purely to handle Archeon. Like they're like, right, I'm going to take Gotrek, I'm going to run him up the board, and but he's slow, like four inch move traditionally, you know, at the run roll, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if you start throwing down the the corn demon prince with that aura, all of a sudden you're keeping him out of the game longer. You're making him spend a command point to run. You're probably gonna, you know, force maybe a um, a reroll for the charge. And then once someone's reroll for the charge, once they can't spend that command point again uh, on another unit to reroll the charge. So um, like the the movement shenanigans you can do with that corn demon prince alone um, is very very good. Yeah, with Gotrek, you literally get a 10.1 stick and measure that for Gotrek. He's never charging you unless he gets a double turn. And then and then you still got the safety of redeploy. So Corn Demon Prince is definitely um is definitely amazing. And in, in the spoilers, he's even you can control that so you can control it so well because you can block um Block line of sight for spells and shooting, so you can't even kill these guys from range. 
maybe one other question before we get into your list. And you've referred to you've referred to to, to the chaos gods a few times now. From a mark point of view, if I'm going to mark my units, whether it's corn, zange, blah, 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 do you think there are any particular markings that are really good right now? Ones that you kind of might leave at home? Um, like where are you where are you leaning towards right now with your chaos marks? So markers each and marker corn are the two standouts now. Uh, your marker corn gives you real ones to hit, which you don't have access to more to anymore because the command ability has changed. And it gives you plus one to wound uh, if you're in the aura of the general, which just makes your damage output increase quite a lot. And then markers each gives you a five up spell ignore and um, every roll once to your save. So in this save stacking world, that that's that's an obvious choice to be really tanky. Uh, you've seen a lot of markers each lists um, just because of how the how people are doing scoring at the moment with win loss draw, it's, it's quite easy to to get to like peak out the wins with with markers each with corn. If it goes more towards the twenty nil system, like in fantasy days, and marker corn might become more of a thing because you need to go in and and really uh, try and do the damage and smash key pieces off and get them big scores. Yeah, being big. able to being able to add plus one to your wound roll is just awesome especially if you you know you're focused on melee which is mostly what slaves is focused on or being able to re-roll your saves because we've you know mystic shield has changed so going to plus one and then being able to use a re-roll one can just create a really tanky piece yeah when you get the when the list comes up you'll see i've used both those marks in the one list and then i've got just markers each for going tanky in the other list um, but yeah, they uh, definitely the standouts. Uh, Nurgle was great before because you had the Plague Touch Battalion, so a lot of people just went Nurgle. Um, but it's uh, less, definitely less good now. Um, Corn and um, Zinch for standouts, and then Slanesh has never really been uh, very good because uh, you just have that. I mean, if you need to be rolling, re-rolling a lot of charges, then Slanesh is okay, and then Undivided. Uh, you get that anyway from the war shrine getting a six up ward and uh, it it doesn't stack so yeah I, f I feel like the chaos undivided at least from the battle shot point of view is a bit unnecessary um the six up ward's not bad like having the the six up ward but i guess that's the role of the the chaos war shrine right so yeah. um if you weren't taking a chaos war shrine but I mean, like it's such a good model. I'd probably, you know, it's a priest. It has a, a bunch of wounds. It's quite tanky. Um, you know, it, it, I would, yeah, I would definitely go going. Yeah, yeah, you do that instead of going to undivided. Like it just doesn't make sense. Um, is there is there any units that might like? Because I'm looking at the aura of Slanesh. I'm like, cool, exploding sixes. You know, sixes to hit. Um, and gonna you know create two hits, and I can re-roll, run, and charge rolls. So. It's okay, but I think maybe just from what I'm seeing, Zinch uh, or Zench and Corn are probably just far superior compared to the others. Yeah, Slanesh is you can still do well with Slanesh. It's still not bad. Rerolling charges when you've only got access to one reroll charge now is is good. Uh, but you'd have to you have to heavily build your list into a way where you've got lots of units. So you're you you just like you just. You're just making that even even more worth taking the Marcus Lynch. 
Um, Adam's asked yeah. an interesting question that um, I think is worthwhile while, while we're talking marks. And he's mentioned, do you think that all the high rend and mortal wounds in the book will devalue the mark of Zench? I don't think high rend, high rend is good, but even, even rend three, you can get you save back down to whatever it was before. So having that reroll ones as well uh, is just, it's just crazy. But more See, forms, I, I... Uh, the, the thing about Marcus Inch, a lot of your mortals come from magic and they ignore spells on a five plus. And then with the War Shrine and it, like in the Knights of the Empty Throne list, we'll go into the, the Knights of the, the the units can be on a five plus, five plus, four plus from the War, war Shrine. Uh, so that you're never getting any spells off against those those units. I, I would argue that, Adam, um, the the value of the aura of Zench has probably increased because you've got an ability to aura stack or a safe stack compared to the old edition, right? I can get, you know, a Mystic Shield. I can get all that defense. I can get cover. So if I can bring down, and obviously I can ignore Rend. You know, like obviously war, you can only ever get war, a plus war one maximum, right? Yeah. Pardon? And the War Shrine Prayer is another plus yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so many plus ones in the game, right? But if I'm trying to ignore Rend and I just want to keep to my base characteristic plus one, two up, three up, and then I can re-roll ones, that is probably more valuable than what it was in the past where Mystic Shield was re-roll ones and Aura of Zench was re-roll ones. Like, I couldn't ever take advantage of both of them. But right now, because a lot of re-rolls are missing in the game and they're being removed, that Aura is probably more valuable to me than it ever has before. And then the fact there's all these spells going out there, um, being able to ignore the spell effects or endless spells um, just gives me even more durability. So um, I would argue it's probably better. Yeah, well, if you just go through the slaves, the slave, the thing about the slaves book is just a book of synergy. You just got you've got reroll hits, wounds, you've got plus one saves, you've got all these abilities left, right, and center. Just, just you've got access to everything just to synergize and make a unit that's not so not so not amazing war scroll but you can make it amazing war scroll with all these these buffs uh, yeah, i mean just yeah just for safe just for safe stacking you've got like everybody else has got mystic shield um best day ever uh heroic uh the, action. the finest hour <laughs> um and then you got your cp so that's just free and then slaves have a sorcerer lord or magical lord that's giving you plus one to your save you have the war shrine so he's got five stacks to plus save there so you could be Ren 4 and still be on plus one save against a slave's unit. Yeah. So. One more question, and then I'm going to move to your list. Uh, I feel like a, I feel like one of those television ads. But wait, there's more. Like, just you know, call the next five minutes. I'm going to ask you one more question. Um, is there any – Is there and, and, like, I've noticed this when I've gone through the Auric War Clans and the Stormcast book, that there was a bunch of units that I would always include. Knight of Xeros is one example. I always took a Knight of Xeros with me in my Stormcast or my Cities of Sigmar list. Now I'm leaving him at home. He's not coming with me. Is there any units that used to be really good in your second edition list that now you're like, uh, not as valuable, no role for it, you know, probably not as popular as it used to be? Is there anything that's popped up or comes to mind um, from Slaves? So Bellacor before was cheap and amazing just for his ability alone. He still now has that ability. It's just less negative because the person that actually uses Bellacore has to roll the dice now. Um, but he's a lot more expensive. 
he's a, he does get a lot of benefits from Age of Sigmar free, but I don't personally don't use Bellacor uh, because you, you can't really rely rely on him, and he's so expensive. You have to get you you have to get your points back from him. He's done, he's still amazing, and he can he can deny battle tactics, which is a really powerful ability. Um, but I was just, I thought it was an auto clue when I was playing Slayers and Asia Sigma 3. And as I've gone through my games, uh, I've, I've, I've removed him now, uh, especially in well, he used to be he, he used to be like 240 points, now he's 400. So the investment now, you know, before you're like, yeah, I'll find 200 odd points for Bellacore, like Dark Master, and he used to be able to use Dark Master even when he wasn't on the table. Now yeah. he's got to be on the table, and it's 400 odd points. That's now and, and and everything else went up in points as well. You've got to really build around it. Yeah, his dark master ability is probably better because you can now you don't have to write it down anymore. You can now go, oh, they're going to do that run one with those three units. I'll stop it. I'll pick that unit. He's he's not running. But the, the issue is, if you don't roll the three plus against some of the battle tactics, it's a waste. Uh, and you've not stopped a key. You've not stopped a key hero that might have come and do some serious damage to you. Uh, it's just that I've had so many points in a game where I've not rolled it. And I, if I had those 360 points in something else, that was uh, I could rely rely on that I know what's doing every single turn then. I found uh, just taking them out and putting stuff in, other stuff in, has been better yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, 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 there's so many great options. I think the challenge is, right, when you start tapping into the other the other gods, um, you've just got too many options, so I think it's quite hard. So I think Marauders, yeah. Marauders as well were an auto include before. I don't really necessarily think you need them now. They're still really good, but they don't do it. You can't get them up uh, stacks to hit to what they were before. Uh, and the Rend 1 doesn't really... You've got to throw them into a target that you know you can kill, whereas before they would just kill anything, really, if you yeah. had all the boss on them. But now they won't kill anything even with all the buffs what i will say though is with um with redeploy and even in the mirror should you happen to go up against the corn demon prince um with that aura buff having the um the the charge ability from the marauders is such a valuable tool so um it depends on i guess what the meta looks like in your community and what the, t the tournaments are looking like but you know that ability alone even like a cheeky 20 can um can really prove its prove its value yeah yeah, yeah, they do. They do die quick though. So you got they need to. Of course, hit. of course. They're they're yeah. They're not they're not uh, Phoenix Guard of the Mortal Realms. But I, I keep teasing you all about lists, and I really want to kind of show off a couple of lists depending on how we go. Luke has given me two lists depending on how we go. We we might go from one, maybe even two. But um, I, I want to talk about these lists, but specifically I want to understand why he's chosen what he's chosen in in the meta, right? I want to bring this into theory. And if you look at this list and you're like, oh, this is not my style, I don't want to buy all the Varen Guard, cool, no problems. Actually, this is, no, that's the first list. I jumped, I just gave you a preview into the second list. This <laughs> is the first list. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to run a Lord on Kakadrak, 
cool, just take the theory and put it into your own list, whatever. But you've gone uh, spoilers, you've gone Predator's Domain, you've got yourself uh, a, a Demon Prince, you've got two Demon Princes actually, one having, oh, you can read it all, there's a lot of stuff there going on. You've got the Sword, you've got the Paragon of Ruin, you've got the Doombringer Blade, you've got the Mark of Corn. you've also got another one with the Mark of Corn. Lord on Kakadrak, which is Mark Zanch with the uh, Armor of Tortured Souls. Amulet of Destiny on that Sorcerer Lord on Manticore with um, the Mark of Zinch with the Whisper of Chaos. You've also got Bellacore, the Dark Master, with um, the Mask of Mask of Darkness. You've got a Blood Secretor. That's an interesting ally choice. I'm sure we're going to find more about why you've gone in and dipped into a Blood Secretor. You've also got Five Chaos Knights, Five Chaos Knights into the Hunters of the Heartland, both Mark Corn, Iron Golems, Mark Corn, Chaos War Shrine, Mark Corn. And uh, you've gone the Universal he uh, Prayer Heal. Uh, it's a 10 drop. Talk to me about this three battalion crazy, crazy list. So. <laughs> it's mostly so you... a crazy list because I had to make that little, look at that little dodgy thing to the side. I, I ran out of space. I had to make a little column just to put in the core battalions. So if. It goes into this shooting meta that people think it might do. At the moment, you're just seeing the god heroes running around killing everybody. Um, but this is so good at uh, shooting. It, the board's smaller. Terrain is everywhere. These demon princes can really control and funnel where the, the, the enemy shooting will go. Even against the KO list, um, they can just control, like, you're not shooting this, you're not shooting that, I need to keep this target alive. Uh, I mean, if you just go through the, the spoilers, the Manticore Lord can heal on a 4+, plus. all the Demon Princes heal on a 4+, plus. then they've got the heroic actions to heal on a... Um, heal if they roll lower than the leadership, and then you've got the heal from the Chaos War Shrine. So you've got you've got to one-shot all these heroes. Um, you've got the, the the general there that's giving out the Markercorn aura, 18 inches. So those Chaos Knights charging in, um, they can both be on plus one to hit because the Kakadrak can give out his plus one to hit. And then you've got your CP plus one to hit. So those Chaos Knights uh, with plus one attack from the Blood Secretor can be threes and twos, Ren two, two damage with an extra attack each. So they can do a lot of damage when you need them to. Um, and then you've got your Iron Girl and just sitting back with a free up save. Uh, holding objectives backboard and maybe teleporting them late game onto an objective. Um, what? Just... Why didn't you? Why didn't you reinforce the iron golems? Because I've played against iron golems in the past, and they've always like. So a lot of my opponents will at least reinforce them, or even double reinforce them now that they're battle line. And a unit of like twenty six, because every one in one in every eight has got like three wounds apiece. They are. They are nasty. They when and like, well, they get plus one save or something when they don't move. So you teleport them, you set them up, and they're just really hard to shift, especially when you throw them onto an objective. Yeah, that is that is definitely a strong way to go. And now they can give markers each as well as so the rear eye wants to save. It's definitely a way to go in a list. Um, it's just um, they don't do any damage, so they are that that is literally their role, just to sit on an on an objective and holding it. Uh, and you can do that pretty well in this list anyway. If somebody's going to go and try and – they're going to have to try and sacrifice something. They can't just go and use like a 200-point unit to kill those Iron Golems. They're just not going to die uh, with a free up save. And then I ran the, a Mega Gargan. I ran a Mega Gargan into the 28, and it just it took him ages to chew through – 
the big units. So, and now that you've got uh, rally as well. So, should they not be in combat, you can bring some back. They're a tough unit to, to kind of shift. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, and they're just so cheap as well. Just like like, like I say, and every list will change now because before this list, um, this list had had to have the ten marauders and it didn't have the five five knights then. Uh, so it had ten marauders and uh, the iron golems on the side, uh, and then they didn't have the. But now it has more punch in this list because uh, I can now access the extra unit of knights, chaos knights. Jonathan's called out, and I know Jonathan's a big fan of of the the big bad Archaon. I, I know he's also very a big fan of the um, the Dark Oath War Queen. That like, what do you what do you lose and gain by not having the big bad in this list? So obviously, one you've got like eight hundred odd points freed up that you can invest into things like Bellacore, the Sorcerer Lord on Manticore, the Lord on Kakadrak. Like, you look at lists, and you know, majority of the time, it's just Archaon maybe a supporting one hero. And then it's just troops. So what have you gained? So you just gained a lot more units. I mean, this unit's MSU. Uh, you just uh, multiple small units. Um, the Gideon Princes can pair up. If they get charged, they're fighting. They all got always strikes first, so they can maybe... And they get plus one attack from the Blossom Creator. You give them swords now, so they're doing two more wounds on the hit rolls, so they can actually do some good damage. Uh, the, the Chaos Lord on Kakadrak with the Marker's Inch and the Armour to Torture Souls could, can can go into pretty much any super killer unit and live. He's uh, may, Archeon might kill him if he rolls his double six. Uh, Zinch Archeon will just auto kill him, but um, even Archeon, he can hold Archeon up. Um, just that two up, that two up save rerolling ones is uh, so hard to chew through. He's like a mini, he's like a mini Archeon. <laughs> And I love the spoilers as well. The spoilers almost gives you like a second amulet destiny through this sacrilegious might. So you're having that extra five up, you know, ward and a mortal wound or wound save that's going on your general. So that obviously allows you to get the um, the amulet of destiny onto the chaos lord on Manticore. So, and then obviously add the fact that you've got a whole bunch of healing as well, let alone being able to heal through a heroic action or being able to heal and then try to go for the extra CP or their finest hour. Yeah, I mean they they because it all um, the spoiler monsters and uh, demon princes heal on a four plus anyway. So there's so much healing in, in this list. Um, I mean that man's got lord even even with the amulet of destiny he can be on a three up reroll in one save and a five up ward. He's just not going to die anytime soon. And the great thing about the chaos lord and Kakadrak and the chaos uh, lord on Manticore is they both got the eye of gods keyword. So if you are in that situation where you can go roll on the Eye of the Gods table, you can just put 10 pink horrors onto an objective. I know it's 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 situational, but it's only a 9 or a 10 on the dice. So if you roll the Eye of the Gods, it, it can happen. And then when that does happen, it massively it puts you, accelerates you into the game because nobody's going to shift 10 pink horrors late game. With the smaller tables, I've just had this thought, and I'll be curious to hear from you. The table size has shrunk, right? And we're we're fighting closer to terrain than we probably did in the past. Has the nightmare chasm come into play more often for you? I know you're gonna roll for a six for each terrain feature, so you might get one off a turn, you know, statistically on average. Have you found that's coming to play, or maybe a bit more useful than it did in the past, or is it just like a nice to have? It's nice to have. Sometimes it hurts you because it does hurt all the units that aren't demon princes. Uh, but the demon princes that are hiding in this terrain, you can't you can't magic them off. Uh, that needs line of sight. And uh, 
this list does struggle against Sentinels because they just don't need line of sight, so you can't you can't uh, ignore that. Um, but you do have the general as a five-up ward. You've got the sorcerer lord of Manticore as a five-up ward. So if you don't one-shot any of these heroes, they're all they're all just zooming straight back up to full health. Um, and yeah, the secret, the secret is just in there to boost the damage that you need, just to because uh, it's got the Doombringer Blade there, so you can pick a monster or a hero and reroll all hits and wounds against it. So if you if there is like a Nagash, I still wouldn't even try and kill Archeon just because you're not going to kill him. But if there's like a Nagash or like a any like these other heroes, like a Cabbage or a Stormcast hero or something that you know that you're going to struggle to kill with one unit. You can just charge everything into it, and it's all rerolling hit and wound. So you should take it out. Adam's asked uh, another good, really good question from Adam: Is um, no Chaos Lord for the double pile in? Um, they're finding great value um, in the despoilers, um, especially not being shot off the board. You know, do you have you found any experience with the old uh, Chaos Lord? Yeah, I used to use him a lot in. Um... Uh, on the TTS tournaments, I was using the nine Baron Guard. Um, he is quite hard to position right. Uh, you either have to teleport him in position or um, try and keep him up to get the double pilings. Um, I've seen a lot of people using the bridge or launch him just to try and get him into position. It just You have to kind of... This list uh, is all about either picking on one target on the board or just spreading out and giving your opponent a headache of what they need to kill. Chaos Lord kind of um, it's easier for an opponent to tell where he's going so they can like prepare for what, when that's going to happen. It also only works on the mortal stuff so it's not going to help out your Valakor or Demon Princes when they're fighting. There's so this list is going to Princes when they've Sorry. got a lot of damage comes from the Demon Princes when they've got like um, extra attack from the Blood Secretor and every time they hit uh, it's a two mortal wounds. So, um, it's just it's just a has lots going on. You can't you can't roar the knights. So you can rely on their damage when they go in, and they can they can really kill, hurt a monster. And you just got to pick your targets and spread out. And you can shut shooting down, and it's a it's a very yeah, you have to play a lot of games with it. Um, so when Simon was running it, it was running three to four corn demon princes and. Um, and like having them the imprints and running around in pairs or even in like a triangle. Uh, so when you charge those three corn demon princes, you had to take the full force with plus one attack from all three princes before you even got to fight. Um, so there's lots of lots of synergy going on in this list. How do you find this list goes without monsters? Because you've only got Bellacore. Is Bellacore the only monster you got in this army? No, so it's, it's fine. You can do the run one in this list as well if you cast a monster spell on like the Kakadrak because you've got the Chaos Lord on Manticore as a monster, Bellacore, and then oh uh, yes, true. So yeah, you've got you've got enough monsters to be getting on with in this list. And I think that's actually uh, that's probably where I've kind of landed right now in my list thinking, depending on what army I'm running. But I'm not building lists to have three monsters. I'm fine if I have two monsters, then cast Metamorphosis to get the third when I need it. Because you only really need it once per game because you always give up a victory point when a monster dies. So if I can just use Metamorphosis, get it off once, get the run, um, and then I can go back to just having two, and that's usually enough for my lists. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, this one you can teleport 
Yeah, the Manticore Lord onto their side and then run fly Bellacore up and get that one where you get onto the into the enemy territory. So it plays the battle tactics really well, this list as well. Um and then you've got obviously Bellacore there for a little bit of reliability and denying battle tactics or helping you against these big bad superheroes, Nagashes and Archeons. Uh, re redeploy would deny the Iron Golems getting their plus one save, right? Because they've moved. Or is it or is it counting as a normal move? It might, yeah, it might do. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to get a word in for. I'm going to assume that it doesn't. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Let's. I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume that it counts as a move. Uh, and and someone someone smarter than me in the chat at a later stage can tell me otherwise. But it doesn't seem that you know. It seems a bit janky to get plus one save even though you moved, even though you shouldn't be moving. But. Yeah, although it might the Iron Golem does it say movement phase? Yeah, good question. I think yeah, you probably look at the language, but probably while while quick Luke Luke looks at that, I think you know for me the other the other call out that I really like, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think we're kind of looking into a meta right now. It's it's starting to settle, and you're starting to see that you know hero monsters are really dominating, and the best way to respond to hero monsters is in this shooting meta especially shooting with mortals. You know, you mentioned Sentinels, an example. I think Cruel Boys, especially those Bolt those bolt Boys, are going to really cause some headaches. I know, you know, Luke was a bit dismissive against Archaeon, but I still think that, you know, these blocks of nine and then the battle line threes, you know, the, the counter to this hero monster meta is going to be a lot of shooting. So being able to turn off um, line of sight other than Sentinels, for each terrain feature. But, you know, as long as you're within one inch of the terrain feature, I think that pitch black rule um, will become very, very powerful and useful in the meta that we kind of looks like we're moving into. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah and it's yes, really Saki. Um, yes. Yeah, so when so when you kill a monster, um in the battle round you give away or the opponent who kills the monster gets one victory point now if i killed all three of luke's monsters in the one single combat phase i only score one but if i kill one in in turn one turn two turn three then i'm giving then then luke's losing or i he doesn't lose it but i gain a plus one for um for for each monster i'm killing you know, in each of the phases. So um, it's probably one of the arguments why you might want, not want to take a really cheap monster like a cockatrice, like a ogroid thermitage, like, you know, you know the, the, mind, the mind stealer, the, the kitty cat, because when it dies, you give away one victory point. So, um, you know, have a think about that. Yeah, another thing in this list with the armoured of the tortured souls is uh, it ignores rend, a point of rend. So when you do do um, the heroic action to get plus one save or a, a throw a mystic shield on him, he just he's just he's always on a two up reroll and ones against pretty much any kind of rend. Yeah, interesting. So Adam's saying if it has not made a normal move, uh, according to the language that um, Adam's picking out. So um, yeah, super interesting. So in that case, it's not count a redeploy. Oh, we have to look at the language, but if, if redeploy doesn't count as a normal move, then you're probably okay. Yeah, I think I don't think it is an old move, but yeah, we'd have to no. we'd have to get a word in. Cool. Yeah. Well, either way, if anyone's watching this future, they can look at the exact wording on the on the war scrolls and the core rules. But I think overall, I think I really like it. I could see an argument uh, if I was going to change this list, and not not that you have to, but you know, I could definitely see an argument to reinforce or double reinforce the iron golems. 
I could see a use of if you want to roll Archeon, cool, you know, drop a couple of those heroes. Don't go so heavy into the Demon Prince, or maybe it's just Archeon and the Demon Prince and then the rest of the core. Um, you know, season to taste, you know, get yourself in some other type of hero or monster or whatever, but um, it's a pretty pretty solid list. Um, any other things you'd kind of – and obviously you want to add more orders in there, you know, but swap out five Chaos Knights from Marauders. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, is it the problem with the moderators? They're they're ninety points, and you put you need them in the twenty really for them to do anything. Um, yeah, and that's probably one call out as well. They're not coming in units of twenty now; they're coming in units of ten. So, depending on how you're going with your reinforcement points, if you want to get them to twenty, then you're spending one of your reinforcement points, and they can only ever go up to a maximum size of thirty. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've just found the Chaos Knights with the plus one attack and all the buffs on them, they definitely do more damage with the Mar than the Marauders with the Marauder buff on. It also yeah. lets you put War Shrine, reroll, hit some prayer, or use other prayers onto the Kakadrak or the Manticore Lord or the Chaos Knights. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of healing, a lot of board control in this army. I really like it. Uh, the double demon prince, like one one is hard enough to, to to get off the board, let alone having two, including one with a five up, like you know, ward save essentially. The the chaos lord on Manticore is a bit of a sleeper unit. You kind of saw it early in 2e, then it kind of dropped off, and I think it's kind of it's starting to find its place back again into lists. Um, I really like it. Yeah, it's just this list allows you to get that plus five. If somebody's got some really, really higher end, you can just focus the plus save onto that one target and tank tank that guy for quite a long time. The other list that oh, – by the way, before we move into the second list, is there anything you'd want to mention um, that we haven't already talked about with your spoilers list? Uh, no, no, I think we covered uh, covered the list. Uh, there's obviously there's so many so many things to go into, but you just have to play games with it and just see how you feel if people want to use a similar kind of list. I know Dave Kerr uses Archeon and Bellacor in that endless spoilers kind of way. So, yeah, yeah, I can't remember what the Archeon and Kairos build is. I can't remember exactly which which of the um, the armies it's kind of slotting into. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of ways. And I think like Cities of Sigma, you pick one and then you look at the best ways to synergize that and you kind of then just build out these pockets of pockets of pain. The other list you've got here is your Knights of the Empty Throne. So um, this is really building around Varengard being the generals and turning them into heroes. You got yourself a unit of six. You got a unit of three, a unit of three. The unit of six is your general with inescapable doom, with the grasping plate, with the demon forge blades marked as zinch. You then got yourself three and three, both marked as zinch with the demon forge blades. Got yourself that 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 Lord on Manticore, and you've got yourself a Demon Prince, Demon Prince, Surprise of the Century. Question here: Is there any other value to marking the Demon Prince to anything that's not corn? Only maybe in the spoilers if you need the general's mark for other units, but you wouldn't mark it on its own for any for any reason, really. 
Yeah, you don't really see any other demon princes. Like you did see for a while Nurgle, but then that quickly changed. And um, Luke Watson, I don't know if that's your mate, but he's definitely calling you a cheddar list. So must be some good secret list tech here that Luke knows about that Luke is going to talk us about. So Luke on Luke action. Um, we've also got ourselves a unit of eight iron golems. We've got two untamed beasts, probably my other favorite Warcry warband cultists. Uh, and then you got your Chaos War Shrine. So War Shrine again, similar build. Got the the mark of Zinch. It's got a heal. You've got the two battle regiment. I, I don't. I don't actually. It's, the untamed beast is an interesting one. Getting that pre-game move, and that's all wrapped up the two K. So, and this is a four drop too. So, unlike the last one, which was a ten drop, this you're going to often have um, the. Well, you, you you have a really good chance to determine who goes first with this list. Yeah, it just allows you to go first against other MSU lists. I think a lot of uh, low drop lists are one or two, so you probably you'll, majority of the time, especially now Mega Gargans, and now you're just going to see Taker drive one drop everywhere. Um, but yeah, it just gives you that option against these MSU lists that you might need to have the choice against. I don't think you really care about having the choice most of the time, especially with the Untamed Beast having the pre-game move just to try and screen the board out a bit and help you capture them objectives early and stuff like that. So, so the Untamed Beast, for anyone who doesn't know, gets a free move before the battle starts. So being able to push, you know, anyone who puts a unit into reserve, Stormcast, for example, if they take the sign of the Storm build, um, it means that they're gonna, you're going to force them out um, a lot further. And if they do get close... Um, you're pushing them out from, you know, your squishy, your squishy heroes or, you know, some of those critical pieces. Um, so the Untamed Beast is such a good, uh, such a good um, uh, choice in the, in the army. So this list is either really, really powerful or okay, depending on this is where <laughs> the player, the player. So when it's in Luke Morton's hands, when it's in Luke Morton's hands, okay. When it's with a skilled general, it's outstanding. No, it's just, I mean, it depends how the TO rules, like, a lot. So the Knights of the Empty Throne ability now, uh, the way that it's, wor the way that it's worded, it, well, it's always stayed the same, but it reduces a model counting on an objective to zero. So for, like, Mega Gargants and Stonehorn and monsters that count as 5, 10, or 30, or 20, uh, it could either be ruled as... I think as worded, it should be ruled that they, they count as zero. So they just don't count for scoring on the objective because it says model. Um, so at Blood Tithe, uh, he's, he has ruled it like that. So there's quite a lot of empty, empty throne lists going, sadly, I'm a traitor and I'm taking Seraphon and a lot of sal salamanders. So <laughs> to this to so, if I, so, so if I had a – yeah, it's, it, that's interesting actually because – Oh, no, because it counts as 30 models, though, doesn't it? So when you have, like, a Mega yes. Gargan, it's, it, the language usually counts as 20 or it counts as 30. So wouldn't it then just be 19 or 29? No, because the way that it's worded is it count, the model counts, doesn't count for scoring on the objective, regardless if the model counts as 10, 20, 30, 40. That model doesn't count for scoring, so then it doesn't matter if it counts as 30 or 20 or 10 or 5. Yeah, interesting. So you're almost like you're you're, you're getting in potentially. You're. Uh, I'll actually have to have a look at the the wording of the rules, but that could be an interesting way because you're essentially getting in front of the the you know like the the stonehorn counting as ten, the mega gargant counting as twenty, 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll, have to, I'll have a look at the word interaction between them all, but that could be super valuable to deny Suns. But I guess that's just stopping you, the Suns from scoring altogether. So, hmm. so in this list, you you you're either two drops if the TO says they can't be sub commanders, and then the free Baron guard just go into the new battalion, or if they can be sub commanders, these units of three. Uh, yeah, uh, then uh, you can go in command uh, and get the amulet for the um, Lord on Manticore. Yeah, I, I probably agree with War Machine at this point. It's like it sounds like you are a dodgy rules lawyer from the UK. So it sounds <laughs> like you've got some shenanigans and bring your gavel to the next tournament to blood tie whatever it is. Like bring your gavel, your your rules lawyer. Um, yeah, interesting. It obviously could count as zero. Could count as you know whatever it is minus one. So check your to <laughs> check your to. And then the other rule for um, for the Varangard is if you cast a monster spell on them, so the TO at Bloodtide has said that they don't count as five each on the objective. They only still only count as two each. So the monster spell is kind of irrelevant at Bloodtide. But the way that that's worded, and I think that's quite obvious, is that each model is five because the whole unit's a monster. But again, you'd have to get that off the TO. I wouldn't just assume that you, that that is the case. So these night are they knights of the empty throne? Are they five on objective rule six, or are they thirty? I, th I think listening to like Lachlan McKay, and I agree with probably Lockie here. It says you know it reduces by one. So I think it's just when you're counting it, you're just reducing it by one. Anyway, if you have some questions, I'd always suggest talking to your TO. Um, but it sounds to me that you'd probably just minus one. Otherwise, you're stopping so many things from scoring, and it's certainly a feel-bad that so I don't think anyone wants, but clarify it. But anyway, let's talk about your proper list other than your rules shenanigans with your little <laughs> gavel and objection, Your Honour. That doesn't count as models in the objective, um, but Pask is certainly on your side. Talk to me about this list. Sorry about Pask. <laughs> talk to me about the list. So, so, so why have you gone the Untamed Beasts? Why have you gone so many Varangard? Would you go into the new Varangard build, the, the core battalion? Like, talk to me, talk to me. So the list was good before. Uh, I tried to play for a bit of a laugh at TTS. It was it was amazing. It was definitely a good list. And I used Ninehorn as well. And that was definitely a good list. But they're not, not known as being the powerful army. But now, now it's the Empty Throne has gone up another level, especially with AOS 3. They can now use all heroic actions. They're issuing all these new command abilities. Um, they come back on a 5-plus when the unit dies, and then it can move and do what it wants as normal on the next turn. Um, it just has so much synergy now uh, as it did before. So that unit of 6, you can't retreat from. It has 6-inch piling. So a redeploy and a 6-inch piling, people have to like really think about ending within 9 of these guys because they roll that 3. They're going into you in your own turn. Yeah. Um, I mean, redeploy does hurt them back, um, but I think you'd have to you'd have to really think about moving and charging in your own turn if you can, uh, or teleporting and charging. Because if you if you run just to get within three and they roll a big six or they roll a four plus, so then you're you're not piling in. Well, you're with, six with the yeah, I was going to say with the grasping plate, you've obviously gone in to get the six inch piling as opposed to the three. Although it's it's a weird wording one, right? It's not a it's not a traditional six inch pile in. It's just that when you get to pile in, you get an extra three inches 
So it's not like yeah, Sisters yeah, of yeah. Slaughter. It is when so you can't like you can't be outside of combat to then pile into combat. You are already within combat. It's just that you get to move six. No, no, you can do six inch piling. Like everybody outside else. of combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's uh it's powerful. Oh, oh yeah, because it's within six, six of the enemy. Piling. Oh so, so six inch piling is is a very powerful ability in Age of Sigma three. But there is ways around it with redeploy. Why, why is it powerful? I'm, I'm just rereading the rule now as we're talking. And I, yes, I can see now it says if you're within six of the enemy. So um, I was just reading the last bit where it said um, you you can move an extra three when it piles in. But why is six inch so important? Because you've got, you know, corn bloodthirsters that can also pile in six. You know, why is this ability in third edition especially empower, powerful to, to you? Well, um, uh, has anybody heard of Unleash Hell? <laughs> I mean, that, just for that alone, just ignoring uh, the stand and shoot is um, it's just is very strong. And then, like I said before, in their turn, they have to constantly... If they're not thinking they're playing against this list and you just redeploy and you start you start killing their, their targets in their own turn, you're just getting more value out of this list. With So redeploy and six-inch piling is a negative and a positive depending on whose turn it is. And then it's just amazing against them. Um, Unleash Hell and anything with voice tracks first or you're just it's just allowing you to go in and fight before anybody else can. Yeah, we talked earlier as well, like the medal is settling a little bit with a lot of shooting. So expect to see Cruel Boys, expect to see probably a bunch of Stormcast shooting. Maybe it's going to be dragons. Maybe it'll be long strikes or hurricanes or some type of you know some type of stormcast shooting. Iron Drakes and Caesar Sigma, Lumineth Sentinels, Daughters of Cain, you know, bow snakes. Like you're starting to see this like anti-meta happening to kind of handle these monsters. So you're right. Like anything that can kind of stop unleash hell, and some of them are actually by abilities too. So if you you know you can avoid the minus one to hit if you're using an ability. So a six-inch pile in, especially something that can hit hard. Uh, like a unit of Arangard, like a Bloodthirster, um, really good for handling the the shooting side of the meta. Yeah, and I, I, I've got the three units of Arangard in this list just because if they all die, on average, you're getting another unit back. So you've actually got you've actually got fifteen Arangard in this list on average dice. Uh, I mean, potentially you've got way more, but um, so that five plus, you should be getting a unit back. Uh, and that does make a big difference. Um, how do you how do you use your untamed beast? Is it just for screens? Is it just purely to push out, maybe get to an objective earlier to screen out anyone who's in reserves, or is there something else that it does? Yeah, they're, they're just there just to screen. And like I was saying, with uh, this big bad Archeon, you can you can measure it out where he can't actually land over the unit. They have he has to go and kill nine untamed beasts. Or getting onto objectives early. This pre-game moves just—it's just very, very good. Again, especially against stuff that's uh, that's like that shooting. Um, you can just really screen shooting out really well. I, um, not the long-range shooting that we're seeing at the moment with Sentinels and uh, the Iron Boys, uh, yeah, Boy stuff. But yeah, it's—they're just really useful to have. And then, what the battle line markers each seventy points. I mean, just for that alone, even if they didn't have. Even if they didn't have a regain move, is is really good. Yeah, 
Yeah, and if they were five points cheaper, I'm sure you'd take a second unit of Iron Golems <laughs> at least. You might you might still have one unit of would, the Untamed uh, Beast, but I you probably would go. Yeah, it's just the before I couldn't get the Corn Demon Prince in this list, but now the having access to these um, Untamed Beasts is just allowing me to get this Corn Demon Prince in, which just just gives it more because you've not got Bellacore for control, which still gives you that bit more control. Um, and like the knights, no retreat. You can really tie somebody's army up and then just like leave them stuck while the rest of the army just wraps around and takes takes tar targets out and getting your battle tactics and scoring objectives. What What are the type of things that you like to to tie up with the the unit of six Varengard with the um, the grasping plate? Obviously, it changes with each army and things like that. But is there you know key pieces that you look for in in, in someone's army? Ideally, big Death Stars that um, can't insta-kill me like Archeon. <laughs> okay, but, uh, put him aside. What else? Yeah, so, like, Nagash, pinning Nagash in place, big Death Stars like Warriors, or you can just go into Iron Drakes and with your save stacking, they're just stuck there until you eventually chew through them all, and they're not, they're not jumping around killing any, the rest of your army. Um, so, yeah, just anything that or, or just um, you can, if you get a teleport and a charge off with that unit, um, you can just really pin somebody back in a way. So if they screened their army, you could just tag their screens with your no retreat and then they're just stuck, especially if they've got no flying unit. They've got all the strong units behind their screens. You can even do it in a way where if you pile in 2.9 away or like, so you're not hitting you can personally not hit their screen and their screen can only go three inches towards your vanguard forcing them so they can't actually kill their own screen so it's still alive which is pinning them back they can't fly over if they've got no flying units you can really really cripple a combat army this with this list um yeah especially like ogres a lot of ogre lists well not a lot of ogre lists but uh, some of my friends you, using ogres at the moment try to have a lot of screens in front of their stone arms but you can as when a good friend of mine Stuart we play quite a lot uh and he just can't beat the knights of the empty throne list if it's played well against his ogres because you just pin it in all his screens and it's just his stone arms can't go anywhere they're just stuck yeah uh, and, and then what and what they want is to be able to do the more i'll not play path for a while so but they, they want to do the mortal wounds. So, you know, again, like Mega Gargans as well, they do a bunch of damage through charging. Stonehorns do a lot of damage through charging. Um, you know, more crushes do a lot of uh, damage through charging, although maybe not nearly as much, you know, now that they've changed a little bit. So tying them up by countercharging them and then forcing them to stay um, can, can, you know, can, can you know, really tie up not only just the combat, but also deny them certain battle tactics that they really want to be scoring um so yeah yeah it's um yeah so it's just it's not it's the thing about slaves it is a player's army um you've got to really play the army and know know a lot of the opponent's rules and how you can play around so you're you're basically synergizing your army up buffing these buff pieces up and pinning key targets uh, that kind, of, these kind of slaves lists, you really, you really have to play it a lot. Um, even the, even the the Archeon lists are obvious choices because he's a big bad and 
you just can't really stop him. But you still have to play smart. Um, I mean, is it, Dave Dave Kerr's always done well with Slayers, hasn't he? And he's, he's yeah, and he, and he and he and he was you know he was pioneering uh, Knights of the Empty Throne. You know, you know I, he was he was one of the first person I, I spoke to about Knights of the Empty Throne, and he's always looking for those un you know very interesting you know parts of the meta. Um, but he was always loving like the nine Varen guard. He was always loving some of this stuff. And I think there's some interesting additions like the new core battalion, like some of the new rules, despite the fact that you can't double reinforce and have that block of nine anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just gone more heavily into more Varen guard and just got rid of Bellacor because I was using Bellacor before. Uh, and then, but I just found, I found in this kind of list having, Having the more reliability of bringing a Baron Guard unit back, uh, and just having the Bellacore just wasn't killing anything for me. It was denying that key battle tactic sometimes if I if I roll my three ups, but he you can't you can't rely on Bellacore to go and kill anything unless he's got his reroll unless he's got reroll hits and wounds like he has in the spoilers. Yeah, it's just I've just not had a good time with Bellacore. Um, but he's, yeah, it's good into spoilers. <laughs> outside of the crater that you had in the last list, is there anything else that you would potentially bring outside of the Slaves to Darkness book that might be worth considering? Or if you had more points or, you know, you know the style of your list, you know, slightly changed, you'd, you'd consider? Uh, not really, because a lot... Now you can kind of see where they're going with allies because a lot of it's keyworded locked out. Uh, so a lot of allies now can't just benefit or be, give out benefits. It's all that like keyworded stuff. So uh, not really. I mean, I still would like if I went Mark of Corn. You could go Mark of Corn in that Nazi Empty Throne list and go really hitty and um, maybe take out the Manticore Lord for something else and put a Bloodsecretor in. Just go for more of a smash list because that list doesn't really do that much damage. It's more about stopping key units, pinning them back and. And uh, you're always outscoring them because of that ability against uh, most units. And maybe if the TO uh, agrees with uh, the wording, then every single unit in the game, you can just go, well, that's my objective. And even if... Um, uh, you, I know you, a lot of people think it's spending the rolls, but it's a, even if the monster rule works like it does, you count as 30 models on that objective, even a giant. You're even outscoring a giant. Um, if you've got another yeah. unit in there or something. So it's uh, very good at scoring. What, one of the lists I was looking at, and we'll kind of wrap up in a minute, but like a couple of things I've been thinking about, like one of the lists that I've been seeing uh, starting to appear is the Double Shrine. Um, what are your thoughts on going like Double Shrine? Um, obviously, like you so want to find the trade-off in points. But like, I had Double Shrine in that list. But now the Warcry band with the Iron Golems, because they they were Marauders before, and I dropped the I didn't have the Corn Demon Prince. It was a War Shrine. But the Iron Golems now allowed me to get the Corn Demon Prince. Uh, so I, I think I, I've not really played it much with that version that I've sent to you. Uh, I had two War Shrines before just to get give out more save stacking and uh, more. Uh, buffs basically and getting having that uh, six up ward aura anywhere on the ball because i used double war shrine in aos 2 as well in the knights of the empty throne list uh, uh, it's very they're very very good um but i think having that control because there are some units like go trek and 
that can just go and kill all these knights of the empty throne units really quick and having that denial from the corn demon prince is is maybe better uh, i might end up dropping him though and going back to double shrine um, the, the demon prince you, you'd consider dropping for a double in that type of list because that list relies on the buffs so much because yeah. you, you, you can't rely on the three up from the shrine but you can rely on it if you got two of them mm. i don't know i feel like i feel like the demon prince right now if i was building a slaves list i feel like it'd be one of my first choices like it just I, I I don't know. Like right now, just the abilities and what it offers to the table is far greater than the two hundred odd points that I'm putting on the table. And the fact that it's not even a monster means that when it dies, should it die, uh, I'm not really giving away a lot away. Yeah, he's he's great. I mean, and he he probably does go in every slaves list. But that Knights of the Empty Throne list has so much control in the No Retreat six inch piling unit. You already got that control anyway. Um, it just gives you more control with a demon prince. So he isn't. He is. He's, he's still amazing, uh, but he's definitely not as auto include as he is in other slaves of darkness lists that you might want to take. Yeah, fair. What 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 are your thoughts on some of the other? Obviously, we've looked at the spoilers and we've looked at Knights of the Empty Throne. Do you have any opinion on some of the other um other? I, can't, I don't know what you call them, like sub allegiances, essentially. Like you know things like the Ravengers, for example. Do you have any thoughts on the other? The other subs. I used to really like Calibus, uh just because of their control that they had with uh, magic and the endless spells. But endless spells are kind of, in my view, more of a, just a key endless spell now that buffs a certain way of play. Whereas before you could, you could really abuse the endless spells. So it's good now that you can't get that abuse out of them as much. Uh, so I don't really rate them anymore. And then Ravengers is, is is a good way to go. It gives you that summoning, summoning that you don't necessarily have. Um, but I've not really, I've not really delved deep into Ravengers. But I, I know Fabian, uh, who's part of the channel, um, he he he's been looking at Ravenger lists. Um, Idolators was amazing, but now I think they just get pushed out. Now the way that you can, everybody can just have the cultists as battle line with a mark. Yeah, that was a that was a big change with the wrath of the oh not wrath of the ever chosen uh, the broken realms Marathi. That kind of you know, idolators. I know, like when I was talking to Agent Gash Mikey, you know, he was really high on the idolators. Um, I don't know how what his opinion is now, but I guess now that the the cultists aren't uh, uniquely battle line to 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 them, then um, there's probably not as much upside as maybe some of the other builds. And then uh, you've got um, the six circle, well, not six circle, you've got the um, ever chosen um, faction. That's very, very powerful. Um, yeah, and obviously, Chaos, Chaos Ascendant's now gone. Legion, Legion of the First Prince has changed. That kind of got merged with Ascendant. And um, there's still a few options in Wrath of the Ever Chosen. But, um... but I mean, the one the, with the um, Ever Chosen, knowing, knowing the turn is uh, you can really. Uh, it's a completely different way of playing, and it's very, very powerful if you do it right. Uh, knowing that you're going to be on the double, you can just go in and kill a key target, and there's nothing that they can do about it. Um, you've got to yeah. be careful. If you're not going to get a double, you've got to play in a way where it's not obvious, because you can. Get, if you know you're not getting the double, you're like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of 
go back a bit and then the opponent knows, yeah, he's not got the double. So every time I've played against that list, I can't remember which, uh, how I can't remember what sub allegiance is uh, that does it. Um, but I tell you right now, every time someone's used that ability on me, the eye is it the eye of the nines or whatever it is. I can't remember exactly what the, I can't remember whatever the, what the ability was, but, um, because you, you roll a dice and basically you're going to hide it, and on a one, two, or three, you've you you know you, the opponent goes, and then on a four, five, six, you go, and you can't you can't change it. It's not like I optionally can choose. It's it's, it's that it, it is decided, and every time that ability is used to, from me, I'm just trying to find I'm trying to find the the rules where it comes from. I've always guessed because the body language or even just the way that you play, you can tell if someone's being offensive or defensive. So it's a great ability, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it takes it takes some power to, to do it. Yeah, dark prophecy, that but Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, Laurie um, uh, is a Team England captain for Six Nations. He's just won. He's just won. Laurie, Laurie Huggett. Yeah, with the yeah, he's 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 dead to me. He's Silverneth. Don't he should not be saying. Uh, he, <laughs> he shouldn't be king. We don't we don't talk about that. He's he's not chaos. He's he's. But Silvernet. that just shows that uh, it does well. And then Mike Wilson went uh, four and one with the corn version of Laurie's list. So, um, yeah, it's definitely definitely powerful. Host of the ever chosen, um, but yeah, so. Any final advice you'd give a slaves player who's you know tuned in this long and heard you know ninety minutes of of twenty four karat gold from Luke? Um, and by the way, you know you've kept alluding to it. If you've joined us late, um, Wargamer Online, Luke, you're on there literally twenty four seven. It <laughs> seems like um, talking list. You know you got a great show with JP, Fabian, and the crew. Always got good you know analysis on the game. You doing bat reps? So go check out. Um, Wargamer online uh, if you want to kind of hear more but to bring us home is there anything that you want to kind of finally kind of like any final advice any things you'd consider any things you've learned along the way about slaves that maybe is not as evident or we haven't touched on just yet uh just just general advice on every army really and how you should go is if you want to be competitive and do well you pick the army up and you just try every unit and you and you make the list your own you or, or go and find a go and find a tournament list that's been doing well play play around with it see if it fits your style and add in just add in units that fit your your play and i, I just that's how i that's how I, when i go to a talk if i do tournaments i tend to just pick one army play with it for like six seven months and that's how i do it i just practice 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 and i just add in what fits my style of play uh so with with slaves um i just ended up like really liking the spoilers and nice no, the empty throne and i'm just trying to try, try to keep with it within those two areas and just really specialize in um problem with like cities and slaves is if you try and play the whole book and change a list every single tournament it's it's it is very hard to to uh, do well <laughs> yeah yeah stick to it you know i found my home in tempest die just just stick to it and then kind of you know play in the space last question and i'm gonna go eat a cookie for dinner for dessert 
almost a dinner. No, it's not a dinner cookie. Um, and it true to true form, Jonathan asked literally every every show that he watches, what do we think of a mercenary mega gargant? Specifically, the one that you get access to is a war stomper. So you trade a command point the first battle round to get a war stomper mega gargant. I I think a gargant in everybody's army is going to be good, just because gargants are good. So a gargant will lift up a weaker army, and it will still make a good army a good army because they're just good. So regardless of if it's a war stomper, gate breaker, or or Bondo the Kraken, um, yeah, he he would still fit in your army. You just have to build around that gargant. My thoughts for a slaves player is don't waste your points. I think that when you're putting 500 points into a mega, I would at least want it to count as 20 on an objective. It only counts as five. Yes, it gets heroic action. Yes, it gets monsters rampage. But for me, 500 points is Bellacor. 500 points moves me into Archaeon level. It gets me other things that I think just gives you more value. And the War Stomper is the worst of the three megas at me i'm happy to be atted um for me the the gatebreaker and the kraken eater are the best options out of the three the war stomper if we ever go into a horde meta great option we're not there leave it at home i've got two we're taking two war stompers to blood Tire and two gatebreakers <laughs> yeah well in, in in a sun's army yeah 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 different story different story but if i was going to bring in a mercenary in your type of list, I would rather a Kraken yeah. or a Gatebreaker. The War Stomper just doesn't add much. No, no. The Kraken and the Gatebreakers are definitely the best mercenaries. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, I, and if it counted as 20 different story, I'd love it. I would absolutely love it. Uh, if I could put an amulet on it, yeah, awesome. I'd put an amulet of destiny. I can't do either. So um, leave it at home. Put it in your son's army. Luke, bring us home. Who's this Luke fella? Uh, he is. He hasn't been over so long. I think Ka Ka Chaosborn Gaming wants to see your face again. So, <laughs> good news is we're wrapping up the show. So, Luke, you can go over and see your mate Chaosborn Gaming. Um, shout out to Wargamer Online. Give us give us the sales pitch, and then uh, I'm going to go eat my cookie. Yeah, yeah. Cheers for listening to to us today, and uh, go check out Wargamer Online uh, on YouTube. Uh, we've got a Patreon as well. Just keep, keeps us going and helping release content and stuff. Uh, yeah, go check us out. Uh, they've definitely got more to come. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a studio built on the side of the house and uh, do some competitive um, yeah, battle reports. So yeah, uh, yeah, check us out. A studio on attached to your house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mate, mate, don't talk about Patreon. Like, look at you, you big wig. Like, oh, I'm just going uh, to go. Uh, I'm going to uh, go extend my my house and go get another room for my, my not battle just reports. Me, but... Uh, Katie's a makeup artist as well, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I just need to try me and Fabian to try and play quite a bit battle reports because we're not really being on any at the moment. Uh, we're just really doing oh. the meta breaker stuff, so all right. Well, 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 don't donate to Luke, donate to my Patreon, <laughs> and I will extend my house and I will make battle reports. Jesus, is this the new thing? Like, like join my join my OnlyFans fansly, and I'll I'll give you like bearded battle time reviews right. so I can extend my house and. We'll have studio. I'm not relying on that to do it. I'm just doing it. So, yeah. 
No. Uh, you guys do great content, so go check them out. Luke, you've been fantastic, um, really insightful. Slaves to Darkness is just one of those armies, like Cities of Sigma. There's just so much list construction. Lean into the different marks, combine the marks like Luke has done, have a bit of combination between Corn and Zinch. Bring in Nurgle if you want to bring in Nurgle. Tap into some Slanesh. Maybe there's something in, in Slanesh that maybe we're, we're, we're not looking at. Um, if there is something that you would want to talk about, if there's something that you're like, oh, I really love. Like I know a, couple, a few people have talked about the Chaos Lord and I know they're very passionate, but there's a good reason that we should be reconsidering and adding a Chaos Lord on foot. Or if you're like, man, I love those big block of Chaos Warriors. I love whatever it is. Let me know. Let me know in the below, all that YouTube stuff. Tell me because I legitimately would love to hear how you're thinking of Slaves, especially as the meta starts to settle in 3E. Because it is. It actually is starting to settle and we're starting to see list construction and kind of themes now where in the past it was like a wild west gits were winning the tournament or they got the four and wonder tournament you got feck four and oneing or five and owing and like there's so many different armies but we're now starting to see the cream kind of rise to the top across the board yeah we're not we're not talking about the war queen like i love the model but unfortunately <laughs> there's no there's no there's po no points in my army for the chaos war queen I'll tell you when a war queen, your war queen goes in something called a bin. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to end this before I start getting people angry at me. Luke, thanks for your time. Until next time. Cheers, guys. Shoot the heroes. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.